What's going on? It's your girl, Summer Willow. And this is Karen. And we are the ladies who love <laughs> hip hop. And you're listening to The Michelle Mission. With Lenny and Vince, y'all. Yes, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. And they are rocking out. Are you listening? Are ya? Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by... Hey, what's up? Holler at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this stop, we bring to an end (laughs) 2019's Mother May I with an extensive visit, regardless of how long this episode is going to be, it will be extensive. (laughs) With MTV's 2001 reimagining of Bizet's opera Carmen. Carmen, a hip hopera. Starring Mackay Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. Joy Bryant, Most Deaf, special appearances by Jermaine Dupri, Bow Wow, Da Brat as the narrator, <laughs> <laughs> and Wyclef Jean, and, and as, Rod Digger, and Rod Digger. I did forget about Rod Digger, and in the title role in her screen debut. Beyonce Knowles. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about Carmen, colon, a hip hopera, we will talk about mail and feedback. Mr. Webb? We will, but actually before we get into our feedback that we appreciate from each and every one of you, we received a message upon posting to social media letting the alerting them that we are reviewing carmen colon a hip hop a hip hop <laughs> we received a message from uh one dorian mystic hey dorian who said that he had just listened to the who's the man episode okay and thanked us for the shout out uh, always always you family and answering your question he says he that uh I never did an episode of New York Undercover. Ah, right, 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 because I thought maybe he was on there. Okay. Although I auditioned plenty. Okay. Never got hired. I also auditioned for the above film, that being Carmen, a hip-hop Colon, a hip-hop Once again, I was sent home with my hat in hand and head down. Tag. And I bet at that time it was a very stylish beanie. Yes. At that time as well. Yes. But alas, looks like life didn't treat me so badly. I got a shout out on my favorite podcast. I know that's I, right. And I married a superhero. And I also know that's right. No, that's right. All dog. right. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So thank you, Dorian. Yes, for- always, always appreciate the support and the love. Speaking of superheroes, last week we reviewed uh, 
1997 Steel. Was it just last week? It was. Just, yes. I feel like we've been doing this for a year. <laughs> How long is Mother Maya? I feel like we're in the quantum universe with Ant-Man and various other action stars, figures, and superheroes. No, Vince. We're in Philadelphia. <laughs> in the merry, merry month of May. Oh, my goodness. Where last week we reviewed Steel yes. with Shaquille O'Neal. Ye- yes, yes. Um, and in the feedback that we heard from many of the listeners, um, Melissa Gumps. Hey, Melissa. Uh, from All the way from the Netherlands. Oh, nice. Said that. Y'all are going to be the death of me. Oh, no. Gosh, I believe she was laughing. Okay. Damon Williams. Hey, what's up, bro? Says that Shaquille O'Neal is a national treasure. He is. That's fair. He's a terrible actor, though. <laughs> Very much so. George Kimona said that my job, up, George, my job is hating on me. It's blocking my SoundCloud. Oh. However, I finally found a way to listen, but I can't leave comments. Oh. Man, I knew it was going to be bad when at the half hour mark there was still no review. They they've cracked the code, Lynn. They know our Wu Tang secrets. Wait till they see this episode. Uh, all that I've got planned. Uh, <laughs> Jay Webb. Hey, what's up, Jay? Said this was a great episode. For some reason, Thank it you. seems like this movie was made in the 80s. It reminds me of those cheesy 80 family movies. Yeah. yeah. It almost could have been, and it probably should have been, a TV movie. It does seem like at some point, Steel would have come out and like dropped down on one knee. So like he would have only been uh, eight feet tall <laughs> and given like some lesson to the kids about doing their homework and looking both ways before crossing the street. Yeah. And saying that that's one to grow on. And knowing is half the battle. That's right. Steve Tozen wrote that it is amazingly prescient and indicative of the reasons why I am way more of a Marvel fan than DC. That both companies put out movies featuring black superheroes in consecutive years. DC's Steel, 1997. Right. And 1998's. Blade yeah. of Marvel Comics fame. Yeah. Steel was an absolute joke, whereas Blade literally was the catalyst for the MCU, Hollywood's biggest movement in a century. Woof. Not looking good at all. Yeah. And and it, it sort of followed the, the same formula. Like Blade followed this, the winning formula that all of the the best Marvel films have followed. What they, would yeah. they hired some creators? Mm-hmm. They trusted the creators' vision. They got the hell out of the way. Well, that all of the best Marvel films. Because, well, I said the the right the most the, the best ones, the most right. successful. Yeah, you know, you think about the Russo brothers. You think about John Favreau. 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 <laughs> Favreau. 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 <laughs> you know, you think of, of course, I just forgot the brother's name. I forget the one brother's name. Oh, um, uh, Ryan Coogler. Yeah, you think about Ryan Coogler. They do. They just get out the way. And you have magic. There you go. Uh, Steve Tozer also wrote that the recent review of Rappin' 
Yes, yes. R a p p i n apostrophe. A canon film. Yes. As as you went on about. Yes. Uh, reminded me of a documentary on the legendary 80s studio. Yes. Their financing strategy for films probably being the most legendary part. They are responsible for some of the most 80s of 80s movies as well as some of the worst movies of all time. And yes. if you think rapping was bad, shudder, I say shudder at this thought. Their disregard for South African excuse me, South American culture as evidenced by the resulting Macarena That's right. movie was even worse. That's right. And I told him I actually prefer to um, refer to the Macarena by its actual name, The Forbidden Dance. Is that was was remember that? remember that was that was a subtitle. It was Macarena. I, the Forbidden Dance. I truly do not remember that. Oh yeah, it's a forbidden movie. dance. I'm sure it was a movie. Yeah, oh yeah. I do not remember it. Um yeah, I haven't seen this documentary. I, I'm, I think I may have seen it a long time ago, but I, I would be interested in checking yeah, it out. Yeah, very much so. I love Golden Globus. I love Canon. I love that whole. I mean, that's where my Billy Blanks love comes from. That whole period. Like he mentioned Show Kashugi at some point. I love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love those '80s movies with ninjas wearing like bright pink and fuchsia outfits and <laughs> and with with um uzis yes yeah interesting times yeah yeah interesting times um where else was i gonna go hey um steve tozen also mentioned and i think we, it's come up on here uh, a couple of times speaking of documentaries about the Wu Tang Clan documentary, yeah, yeah, that is on Showtime. Yeah, you haven't seen it. I yet. still have not seen it. I actually just binged it last night. How is it? Because it's a four. I didn't realize. Yeah, I thought it's it was four just a parts. Movie. Yeah, a four part um, uh, documentary series on the history of Wu Tang Clan. Right. It's produced by every one of them, and. Um, ODB's wife. Interesting. So, what do we usually say about documentaries or films that were produced by the part? You know, you don't necessarily get the whole story; you get the official story, right? Okay. So, I think there's an air of trying to get the you getting the official story. Sure. There is an airing of some of their dirty laundry. Okay. Um, but so it's put out there. But it's never truly dealt. It's like they don't dig into it. Sure, sure. Um, and I think it's because you're left with that at the end of the day, this group of nine men, or I guess it's eight now with right. OBB no longer with us. This group of nine men have gone through the fire together. Absolutely. Whatever was the the worst that could happen to them. Outside of ODB uh, passing. Sure. Whatever was the worst of it, they're on the other side of it now. Right. For good or bad, they realize they are tied to each other for the rest of their lives. Right. And like all good friends do, you reconcile, you find a way to move on. And it doesn't help that they're all old millionaires now. See, that's the thing. They're not all old millionaires. Who's not a millionaire in the Wu-Tang Clan? Capadonna's not a millionaire. Well, Capadonna's not one of the, the original eight. I mean, the original nine. 
he was there. He got a he got a. They almost all were there from the from the beginning. No, no, no. But when we talk about like I'm talking about you, God and Master killing them. Like like you all, guys not a not a millionaire. You God is not a millionaire. No, remember you God is one of the is one of the ones. I think he may be the only one who didn't get an album. You God never had an album. No. Now. And you know, they, I don't know if Mass. Now that you said, I don't know if Mass. And Killer I'm pretty sure Master Kill is not a. a yeah. I, I don't think he had. I don't think he had an album either. Okay. You know what I mean? All so, right. So honestly, millionaires and that crew, definitely RZA. Oh, I mean, Meth, Meth, and maybe Raekwon and I think Ray and Ghost are and probably Ghost, pretty comfortable. And if they're not, yeah, let's say they're comfortable. Very comfortable. Though if they're probably comfortable, Jizza. He's maybe comfortable. Yeah, because Jizza writes. Because he writes and he's uh, Rizza's cousin. Right, and I suspect he probably had a pretty big slice from the beginning. Because they were the two that were originally in the business. So Jizza well, knew. Well, Jizza had the deal first. Right, right. And Jizza knew his way around a contract. True, but they, it's told the guy that really knew their contracts was Rizza's brother. Oh. Divine. Who, oh. who do. Like I had never known, uh, never heard of this dude. Right, right. But he right. was always there in the shadows. Right. And then they get him for this for this interview. Right. And when he starts talking, he that's where a lot of the little bit of the, the dirt right uh, rises up. That there's dirt around him, and it, and as always with any group, it's money. Um, now, Divine was around during the Prince Rakim years, wasn't he? Yeah, he's his brother. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. He was there, but he, yeah. but he was also, he was out, I mean, they all were at one moment of time out on the streets doing their thing. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? Um, so he was doing the thing, he was doing his thing on the streets, and but he was using that money to kind of like... I, look, yes. You know, keep things going, you know what I mean? Um, then, uh, but it, it's it's it's... I say all to, I'll say all that to say it's a good looking, and I I think for the most part, while you know a third party maybe digs into those stories a little bit more, right? You know, gets a little bit more um, third party interviews because it's very much just interviews of the guys. This right. is a, greatly told in their words, except for ODB and his family. Speaks sure. for him, sure. even though they use plenty of clips. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think a third party maybe digs into that a little bit more, but for the most part, it's not a bad. It's not a bad documentary. I, I enjoyed it. It is. It's. I mean, you know, I love the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. Like, like you, you know, I have to say, I love the Wu Tang Clan story mm-hmm. as much as mm-hmm. I love the Wu Tang Clan music. But the story, and I love the Wu Tang Clan. The music. story, and I forget whether or not it's in the third part or the fourth part. The story around the creation of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, mm-hmm. you know, the one CD yeah. that got auctioned off. Did to Martin, uh, what's his name? Yeah, that, that, yeah. that, that, that uh, pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical guy. Mm-hmm. That whole story, especially about the creation of that CD, mm-hmm. ooh, that's the dirt. Okay. That's the dirt, dog. Okay. Ooh. All right. I mean, I was always kind of like iffy on RZA anyway. 
But that story will make you like, oh, RZA, ooh, oh, you, you nasty boy. Yeah, RZA is a dude that I, I try not to learn, but so much about because you don't want, right? You yeah. know, don't want to meet your heroes mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, Mundo. But it's it's worth watching. Okay, it's worth watching. I, I couldn't believe it. I started it last night. 11 o'clock and at 3 o'clock I was just like let's just keep it going okay alright I might as well just knock it off alright I fooled around and started watching the second season of She's Gotta Have It oh did and you and by fooled around like now I'm 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 just I gotta finish it before I do anything else yeah I've heard it's real I still haven't started it but I've heard it's good look no 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 I've heard it's not bad the one that I've heard is actually very good and I still haven't seen it it's the second season of Dear White People yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear White People is fantastic. <laughs> Look. At this point, you know, I'm two episodes in. And and at this point, there it's just a brand new storyline. Like, like, okay. like, you know, the, the first year really did revolve around her relationship with these three men. Right. It was very like the, tightly. Yeah, extended cut wise. of the movie. And this season, they're really just expanding the universe mm-hmm. and you know i have to say and, and we talked about this a bit of the first season where it is this weird disconnect where this is a 30 year old millennial black female artist in modern day brooklyn right who sounds like a 60 year old dude mm. like it's very much spike lee coming out of her mouth and coming out of all these other people's mouths but frankly i i think you either make your peace with it or not. It's almost, it's almost magic realism. Like, like once you kind of disconnect from saying that you want, she's got to have it to be akin to something like insecure. Right. And say that this is just Spike Lee's playground for good and for ill. Like all of Spike Lee's ticks are all over this. Oh, Really? And either you sign up for it or you don't. Gotcha. Or I will say this. The Spike Lee good outweighs the Spike Lee self-indulgence for me. Mm, okay. Like, like there's a sequence in the second episode at the very end that I found breathtaking. Like, just an entire sequence that justified a lot of of Spike Lee's idiosynchronicities, you know, sort of Spike Lee-nesses in the first couple of hours where I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I'll be able to recommend this, but you know, I'm enjoying it. And, and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm, I'm an unapologetic Spike Lee fan. Right. So, but I say all that to say, I'm going to have to get through these, before I get to anything else. Like, I didn't mean to start it. My wife said, oh, let's just watch one. It's only half hour, and now here I am. Here you are. Yeah. That's how it begins. That's how it begins. Well, I mean, hey, it's good. I mean, I was actually marveling the other day um, because I was watching Wu-Tang on Showtime, you know, before every episode. It's like an ad for a Showtime show. Yeah. And they were showing the... um, advertisement for the uh the shy yeah a show that i've never watched yeah um i've heard good things about it yeah until this week 
Oh, really? Well, you know, Jason Mitchell has completely flamed out. I I have no... Vince, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. There have been some very, very, very serious... I don't know if they're using the word sexual assault, but he like like he got fired from the shy. Oh, yeah. and Jason Mitchell, for those who don't know, is the lead on yeah, the show. Yeah, he's the, show. the lead. Like, like his co-star apparently has complained numerous like it's gotten to the point now where now we're doing the who know who knew what when oh. about it with him. Wow. But but he's been fired from there. He's been let loose. I think his management company, you know, his representation has dropped him. Really? Yeah. Like, you must not have looked like at Like, if it. the show drops you down, so then it, it you know, you're wondering, okay, is this a, like, you know, he say, she say, no, you know. No, like but I said. But when your management drops you. Like I said, we're, we're at the point in the story where no one is denying the allegations. Now people are saying, when did people like Lena Waithe know? And what oh. did she do about it? Oh, wow. So, you you know, I don't know, because he's a star. Yeah, and, and, apparently, and Lena Waithe, for those who don't know, is, it was a, a, is a creator. Creator, producer. And, and apparently the production is going to continue, but I'm not sure. And like you, I haven't watched it. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I, I kind of like Jason Mitchell. Um, I've liked him in a couple of things. We were talking about Forever mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, the... the um, the uh, Maya Rudolph, the Maya Rudolph show. Oh yeah, and he's on a really great episode of that show, where I said, yeah, I really like Jason Mitchell, but I think he, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. But what were you going to say about this? Well, what show? I was going to say in watching that, that preview was just, um, you know, I I I sat back a little bit and was like, wow. There's a lot of good shows on featuring people of color. Yes. With with their distinctive voices mm-hmm. being heard and felt in the production from beginning to end. Absolutely. You know, from the shy to um to insecure. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, you know, Queen Sugar. Yeah. You know, all Oof. which just had a trailer for its new season. Oh Lord, Omar, you people put me through change. <laughs> you know, I told his ass when we saw. I, it's oh Lord, the trailer for the next season had me with heart palpitations. But but yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, so that's just so so. I mean, many, Black Monday. Black Monday. I thought that's what you were going to talk about with Black Showtime. Monday, which is a which is a, a very slept on show, but it's pretty funny. It's 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 crazy. It's, it's insane. The yeah. Don Cheadle doing good. Don yeah. Cheadle, Regina Hall, Regina Hall, doing crazy crazy work. You yeah. know, and never mind. You know, on Netflix, um, she's got to have it. Dear white people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so it's a, a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah, um, and and it's so unlike. The times which we recently revisited on television, uh, because I believe it was just this past week that they did a live retelling yeah. of All in the Family and uh, an episode of All in the Family yeah. and the Jeffersons. Yeah. And from what I understand, I only saw like a little bit of the All in the Family one because I was actually going out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But from what I understand, the reception has been very well. Yeah. We've gone over very well for all of them. Yeah, I didn't see it, but but you know, sort of the same thing. But I, I think I think people are comfortable with this old stuff. But I was, it's I mean, it's just crazy at that time, the Jeffersons, when the Jeffersons were on, you know, early in the Jeffersons run. It was the Jefferson and Good Times. Yeah. Both spinoffs from All in the Family. Right. Um, but that was pretty much our representation on television. Right. You know, you had what's happening coming in in and out, I think somewhere along those same same years. But, you know. Um, Why did I think Good Times was a spinoff of Maud? Good Times was a spinoff was of Maud, which was a spinoff Maude of was, All in the okay, Family. Okay, got you. It right, all right. comes from the All in the Family. It all goes train. back to All in the Family. Got you. Um. But, um, yeah, so you had them, but even Good Times would, you know, kind of flame out after five years. Oh, yeah. And and the Jeffersons, for a long time, was one of the longest-running sitcoms uh, of all time. You know, that's one of my hobbies. Like, they'll show, like, an episode from, like, season 11 of The Jeffersons. Of the Jeffersons. And I, you, you, it's, like, it's like watching The Dead Walk. <laughs> like, how... Is this season eleven of the Jeffersons? And you know they weren't young people when, when the started. show started. Wow. So it's like George is old, Wheezy is old, Florence is old, Roxy Roker is old, but fly. She's fly, but old, but old. old Tom man. is old, and yes. it's it's like a British sitcom. Yes, like, look at all these old people. Yes. Sort of yes. going through the motions. Did you see that Florence Marla Gibbs? She actually returned. I saw that for the live read. Yeah, I saw that. So that was pretty dope. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was cool. I like, I like that. And they got Jennifer Hudson to see to sing the theme. Song. Well, I heard that. Yeah, she was singing. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Uh uh-uh. uh Watch out now. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to uh, have a man moment. Uh uh-uh. uh All right now. You know. You know. My adoration for Nia Long knows no bounds. No bounds. It's well known. By well everybody. known. But man, running a very close second to Nia Long as me and some Jennifer Hudson. It's just so, like Jennifer Hudson is one of the few singers out there, along with my favorite female singer of all time, which is Anita Baker. Of course. But they're, it, it, Jennifer Hudson is one of the few singers who no matter what she sings, I feel I feel flush in my cheeks. Mm-hmm. She just, it makes me blush. That's what Jill Scott does for me. Yeah, Jill Scott, she That's can bring Jill it Scott to me. That's what Jill Scott does to me. See, Jill Scott does, does that to me a little bit too, and so does Anita Baker. But the difference with Jennifer Jennifer Hudson is that, you know, her singing is pow- is like, like, oh my God, you can sing, girl. Mm-hmm. And then you're just so fine. Mm-hmm. You're just so goddamn fine. So since we're here. In Manville. In Manville. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with the musical Hamilton, which oh. kind of retells the, the history of, of Alexander Hamilton. At one point, Alexander Hamilton has an affair. And there's a song in the musical where the woman who he's going to have an affair with is basically, it's the story of, of her seducing him. And he's in Alexander Hamilton has a song where he's singing, you know, I, I don't want to say yes to this. I, I can't say yes to this. And then, of course, he's seduced by her. So Hamilton has a remix album. 
Oh. Where, you know, it's just singers come in, they either reinterpret the songs or sing new songs. And Jill Scott. Oh, Lord. Basically has a song where it's the same situation. Oh, Lord. But she's singing it from the woman's point of view. Oh, my God. Telling him to say yes to this. Oh, my God. I don't like to listen to this song in front of my family. <laughs> I know this right, dog. I can only imagine. Because Jill Scott. Yes, Lord. The things that run through my mind mm. when Jill Scott is saying, say yes to this. Mm. Mm. Yes. So, yes, Jennifer Hudson sang, I, I feel you. What are we talking about? All right, with that change, we should probably move on. With that change of Let's lights, ladies on. and gentlemen. Let's move on. We 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 we. Let's move on. We ride out of Manville. Let's move on. <laughs> the, Let's keep it moving, man. We're back on the trip. Back on the mission. Back Ooh. on the mission. Ooh. Did you turn the air on in here yet? <laughs> like, are you waiting for June to turn the air on? It's it is warm in here. It seems warm. Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay. All, all right. right. All right. One more, th- a couple more things, Vince, and then we'll get to our review. All right. A couple more things. All right. All right. All right. Um, did you see uh, that Aaron Fry? Hey, what's up, Aaron? He said uh, before the last review of this month, which is scheduled to be Carmen <laughs> Colon, a hip hop opera. Have we taken a look at the Habanera from the 2005 uh, U? Carmen uh, Kealitha. Uh, it was a South African theater company featuring Pauline Melfane as Carmen. Oh, um, I uh, he did the, he saw this as part of an at art at a art house theater in New York City. Okay, immediately went out and found the DVD with English subtitles. Uh, I don't know if you had a, a chance to check out this um, this YouTube video, Vince. I did not. Um, but this woman, she is, and what I like about it, and, I, and I'll bring it up so that you can kind of look at it. She is not a because um, they're definitely South African. She's not a. She's not a, like she's a, a, a rather you know voluptuous woman. Let's put it that way. Yes. Um, Back but, to Jill Scott, number one ladies detective. She, she, Jill Scott used to say she was a traditionally shaped woman. This this woman is Pauline Melfane is traditionally shaped. Yes, let's let's give you that. Um, not would you would you know not your classic Carmen, right? As right, right, was right, cast right. and beset, or in the movie which starred Dorothy Dandridge, right? Or in the hip opera, right? Right, the hip opera. But her voice. Nice. Let me play this for you, Vince. I'm going to play this for you. Zelo, 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 Zelo,
Well, that's fantastic. It's great, right? Yeah, and speaking of number one ladies detective and things that, <laughs> that I didn't go see because I was okay, that's a lot. You, you know the last the, the last revival of Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones was played by Anika Noni Rose on Broadway. Really? Yeah. Which I I just felt like that's that's just too much. Now I see. Now I don't know. You know, you're more versed in the career mm-hmm. of Anika Noni Rose um, because of that room in your house. <laughs> Does uh, it, it, it has she it's previously? Like it's more like a cupboard. Under the, it's under the floorboards. Right, right. Candles and <laughs> pictures, but go ahead. Is is uh has she previously shown like like singing ability? Come on, man. No, Stop. I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking. It's a Broadway train. Yes. I didn't know. Yes. I didn't know. Back to Hamilton for a minute. I think she was going to play um Angelica, the main scholar sister. That Renee Goldsberry went on to make famous, who I love too. Okay, I did. Yeah, I'm sorry, Vince. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I she was, was pretty sure she was in the Lion King. I was not meaning to. Yes, cast aspersions. Come on, man. Anika Noni Rose does everything. Apparently, she she sings. She's she acts. She's funny. She's good at crossword puzzles. <laughs> I, I have heard that she's you, a wizard. You know, I suspect she makes a wonderful souffle. So, Vince, I want to have a little fun with you. Okay. I went to I, I went out this weekend on uh, basically a road trip down to your end, your end, Maryland. I was okay. In, uh, uh, Mount Airy, Maryland. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, uh, the this Caribbean wine festival. Absolutely. A lot of fun. Had a you, great time. You're a, little, you're a little bougie right now, but go ahead. Use that. To, use that. To it wasn't. Bo- it was not that to, bougie. Use that Langberry Wine Festival. Go it, ahead. It was far from bougie. Go right? ahead. I don't know if you're ever going. Go ahead. Ain't nothing bougie about that. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Anyway, so, um, but on the way down there, I heard, and I had never heard this singer before. The singer Joy Star. I don't know if you're familiar. No, with I'm not. Like a like a. Uh, uh, um, R&B singer of, you know, like the Indi Indiari, uh, Jill Scott tradition. Okay. And she did um, a cover of Lauren Hill and um, Lauren Hill's "Nothing Even." Nothing really matters. Right, right. With D'Angelo. The D'Angelo. Right. Yeah, do what? She did a car- cover with the singer PJ Barton, who I, I wasn't familiar with either. But or Morton? Morton. PJ Morton? Yeah. PJ Morton. Yeah, I, absolutely. I wasn't familiar with him. Oh, yeah. Um, him but, I'm familiar with. But I, but it was a great cover. I, yeah. I loved the heck out of it. I okay. thought, oh my God, this is like, this is fantastic. Um, and for you, ladies and gentlemen, I will actually play it at the end of this um, episode so you can go out on something good. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but I enjoyed it so much. Oh God, man, it's so long. <laughs> that I had to, that I had to really think. Like you know what? I think that it, it was very much a hot take that I may have enjoyed that even more than the original. Ooh, that is a hot take. That's a very hot take, right? Yeah. And I think, and, I, and, and the reason why I say that is because P.J. Morton, yeah, definitely. Like I like people that sing and they 
they sound like they're emotionally invested in what they're singing. Right, right, right. And he he brought that to to uh, his version of the song. Okay. Whereas D'Angelo, I felt I felt you know nothing nothing against the brother. No, no, no. But his his style is a little. He's a little removed. Exactly. Like he's real cool. So right. Yeah. Um. Also, maybe ha. Huh? Which probably could have been could be said of Lauren too. To be right, fair, right, right. But she felt like she was getting a little bit more. So it got me thinking of other songs where I think I may prefer the the remake. Okay. So you being an R and B guy who does a, who used used to do a show, right, 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 on a weekly radio show, hiatus, mm-hmm. right. Um. So I wanted to run these by you to see how you thought about these. Okay. okay. Remakes. That arguably are better than the original version. Yes. All right. What All right. we got? So and and this is from this is from a list. I, I just went on the on the internet and found it on boombox.com. Okay. It's from late 2018. So okay. some of these may be a little dated, but we'll see. And I'm um uh, go I'm gonna start with the last one, work your way up. Okay. So the, uh we have um at your best. Uh, you are love. That's ridiculous. By Aaliyah. No, of course not. Of course, that's not better than Isley Brothers. Not it's better not, than that's Isley ridiculous. Brothers. The only person that says that has never heard the Isley Brothers version. Like that's the other thing. A lot of these lists that people that say this, when you press them, they've never actually heard the original version. I hear you. Okay. So of of course, Aaliyah's version isn't better than the Isley. That's that's ridiculous. That being said, I mean, I think this may be part of the, their criteria. They're saying that um, Aaliyah's version, because it peaked at number six on Billboard's Hot 100, was the more successful. Okay, it was more successful, but that doesn't mean it's better. I mean, which call it was more successful than any version of Lil Richards? What's the white boy's name that that made all the money off of the covers of Lil Richard? Oh, um. Jer- uh, Jerry, not Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, no, not Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis is a real dude. Yeah, real dude. I, I can't remember who you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, all right, go ahead. Yeah, try. All, right. all right. Next one. In Vogue, giving him something. That's ridiculous. Stop it. See, stop see, it. see now, Vince. Ridiculous. Well, okay. This is ridiculous. That's true. That's true. That's Come true. on, stop. This is a ridiculous. That's true. That's true. This is a That's ridiculous. True. I'll go. I'll go Aretha Franklin on that one. The best thing I can say about In Vogue it's, remaking an Aretha song from the prime Aretha period, yes, is that they didn't embarrass themselves in their family. They did not because it is a good song. It's a good you can't song. Knock that is no, a good no, no. song. No, no, no. It's a good song. But it's not better than. But Aretha. come on, stop. It's not better than Aretha Franklin. Um, I'm about to take this person's <laughs> pen from them. Like they are right on the edge of I don't even want to talk to these people anymore. <laughs> What's the third one? Because because Jodeci is somewhere on this list with Stevie Wonder is aren't they? Aren't they? The next one is Thank God I Found You. Make it last the remix with Mariah Carey and Joe, which oh, is basically the redo of Make It Last Forever by Keith Sweat and Jackie McGee. Okay, I'll take that because Keith Sweat can't sing his way out of a paper bag. Yeah. 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 Which, and I think... Neither one of these songs are that that great. great. Right. So, sure, anything's better than the Keith Sweat version. And I like Mariah Carey, but there is something about Jackie McGee on the original that I find a little bit more soulful about her on that Uh, one. But... Yeah. All right. This list is still. It's a pick em. This list is still in the game. Okay. Barely. 
<laughs> now you have see um Usher featuring Monica. Oh for God's sake. Slow Jam, which is their um redo of nineteen of the nineteen eighty three song by Midnight Star. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I have to get I have to give it up to uh Usher. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm not a big I'm not mad at that. I'm not a Midnight Star fan. Okay. <laughs> just just tell me when you're gonna who hit the can I run, who can I run to by escape versus the Jones girl? You know what? I agree with this one. Yeah, me too. I actually have gotten into arguments about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Escape was a surprisingly solid group. They were. That I don't think gets the props. The props. I love the Escape. critical props that they should. Yes. Because they came out after TLC yes. and SWV and they yes. got grouped into that. But yeah. But they had a lot more mature sounds. And, and, and they and wrote stronger the, singers. They had stronger songs. And wrote yeah, their songs. Yeah, that's that's I agree with this one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like I said, I've thought about this one before. I keep um their album, their first album, which I think it was like Traces of My Lipstick. Yeah, that's a keep good album. Rotation all the time. Yeah. Man. Love it. Okay, this was going to be a good interesting one. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Joe to see. I'm just waiting for Joe to see. Lady Marmalade. By who? Did that, oh, By the, Christina Aguilera, Little stop. King, Maya, Come on, and stop. Pink. Stop. 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 <laughs> you know what? Well. These people are just trying to... First of all, these people are just trying to put stuff on a list. I do. I find myself... I have to be honest. I like LaBelle's thing. And no knock on Patty. I, and I like their, but I find myself. This, this is a ridiculous. Even when I hear that, this is a ridiculous conversation. I be, I be waiting. This is actually a ridiculous. I'm not even. I'm, not I'm even, waiting for little Kim to come. In. I'm not even. Yeah, this is no. I do be waiting for little Kim to come. In. No, I do. All right, a case of you by Prince, the remake of the Joni Mitchell song. That yeah, I'm going to give Prince. That is an interesting argument. That's going to get. I'm going to get that. That is a beautiful piece of work. It is a beautiful piece of work. See, here's... All right. And mind you, Prince gives it a totally different vibe. And that's why I I don't really sign up for it. I think, I think my issue with Prince's A Case of You, as well as Bet You By Golly, wow. Because that's the... First of all, Prince doesn't do a whole lot of covers. No, he does not. But, you know, I'm thinking about A Case of You. Mm-hmm. I'm you thinking about Bet You By Golly, wow. And also... He remakes Joan Osborne's early '90s song, "If God Was One of Us." Oh, that's right. The issue with Prince and the circle back around to Aretha. This is actually my issue with Aretha remaking songs. Mm-hmm. They just turn them into their own songs, but since they're not their songs, it's almost like a facsimile. Well, what's wrong with that? That's what you you don't want to ape what was done before. I would rather hear Prince sing. You 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 know, strange relationship. Okay. Than a case of you. Okay. Or have him sing adore, then bet you by golly, wow! Like he 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 hits those same emotions and those same beats, right? But with his words. Mm-hmm. I think they hit harder. So yeah. like when I hear a case of you, when I hear like the other two that I mentioned, they always make me want to hear 
actual Prince song as opposed to him covering them. Whereas, you know, Joni Mitchell, Joan Osborne, the stylistics, it sounds like them. Well, okay, but to me, if you're going to do a cover, right, um, you try to pay pay some type of homage to what came before, right? But your the idea is to put your own spin on it, to put your own inflection sure, on it, fair. and and that's what he that's what fair. he does. That's fair, you know. And either you you ride with it or you don't, because you he wants you're trying to bring something new there, something new hear an interpretation of the lyrics of the music of the melody uh, uh, uh in a different way and look at them from a different perspective yeah but they always just sound like these are songs that prince liked okay but so then like he doesn't songs, bring anything new to him like no you said, i think he does yeah okay. i think i think the perspective hey, hey, i'm not gonna fight you so hard about a prince song also, don't think I haven't noticed that you've completely trolled me and pulled me into this conversation because you don't want to talk about Carmen colon a hip opera. We're going there next. Uh huh. All right, next one. Come which one? No one's gonna love you by CeeLo Green, which is a twist on uh, a Band of Horses song. I'm actually not familiar with the Band of Horses version, so I can't speak to that I can't speak it. to that one. Yeah. Can't speak to that one. Uh, this one I actually didn't know was a remake. Okay. Uh, this Woman's Work by Maxwell. Yeah, it is. Um, Kate Bush. I'm about to say not Joni Mitchell, but Kate Bush. I like Maxwell's better. So I'm not familiar with the original. Yeah, it's it. nice. It's nice. You know, it's, it's, is it it's, around the same it's type kind of, of folky. Vibe? It's more oh, folky. folky. Okay. And, but, and, you know, because Maxwell is a man there's a whole different dynamic to it. Right. Where okay. he's celebrating and she's sort of commemorating. Okay. But, um, yeah, and then, you know, Maxwell, his voice is so pretty on his version. That's true. So. Pretty bomb. I'll take Maxwell. All right, this list is not, is it time for Jodeci yet? Because I know you're just having me drop my guard until we get to the dumbass Jodeci argument. I will always love you, Whitney Houston, which is the um, Dolly Parton cover song. of the 1973 Dolly Parton? Song. You know what? And I've gotten an argument. I like Dolly Parton's better. Really? I like Dolly Parton's. I think if you listen to the lyrics, there's supposed to be sadness and resignation. When she Dolly Parton sings, no, but the lyrics of the like when you the actual story of the song mm -hmm. where she's acknowledging that this man is leaving her mm -hmm. and I can't do anything about it. There, there's, there's, it's supposed to be, it's a, it's a song that I think works best as a quieter song. Okay. Like it's basically the same argument I have about Jodeci remaking lately. Okay. Or back to Aretha Franklin, you know, in my house, they, they know it drives me crazy every time Aretha Franklin's version of Eleanor Rigby comes on. Oh. Which is like this very quiet, introspective exploration of human loneliness and and voicelessness. And then Aretha Aretha's it up. Right. I hear you. So so yeah, I I actually I actually like Dolly Parton's better. Okay. Fair okay. enough. I'm a, I I Is it is it time for Joe to see I like uh, Whitney. Is, uh is it time for Joe to see Killing Me Softly. By the Fugees, their remake of the great Roberta Flack 1973 chart topper, Killing Me Softly with his song. I agree. I, I like the Fugees better. I like the Fugees better. I like the Fugees better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, good. It's, it's just good. All right. This is another one. I agree with the remake. My First Love, 
Avant featuring Kiki Wyatt. The re- remake of Renee and Angela's My First Love. I don't. I just don't have a dog in the fight for this one. Like n- none of these four can really sing that well, so I just. Uh, yeah, but, the, but Avant and sure. Kiki, they get that song uh, yeah, over. Yeah, all right, Be- because they sound. I don't know what the nature of their relationship was, but they sound like they actually are singing with. One I, of, I turn from another. both of them when they come on. Really? Okay. I yeah. I don't, yeah. Like I said, and not no four of them get any play in my car. Okay. <clears throat> Lately by Jodeci. For Christ's sake. I swear to God. <laughs> Remake of the... Uh, <laughs> swear to God, I swear. Mind you, the uh, MTV Unplugged... W- with extra yelling. The version with extra yelling and extra sweatiness. much i do like that song i do i do like dude i'm not going to say i like it more than stevie one i have hated that song first of all it's the type of thing when somebody told me that they remade it i thought they were messing with me i was like why would jodeci remake that you know a lot of people there you there are some people who didn't know that was a stevie wonder song well you know what (laughs) they thought that was a jodeci i i know and that look None of us knows what we know until we know it. Very true. Very true. But you need to go ahead and know that. I I like them both. Oh my god. I like Stevie more. Not but not I do for, like Jodeci. Oh, not for one moment. And I like not, oh my god. Uh this is this is an interesting one. This is a long list. You really is it try, only down to the final you're two. You're really trying to keep us from Carmen. <laughs> don't think I don't know what's going on. You know, some people are actually listening for the review. <laughs> yeah. Where are we at now? Let me look at my let me look at my trusty phone. Where are we at, Mr. Webb? Is, yeah. Oh yeah, by my count, we're fifty minutes in. Are we? Okay. Uh-huh. Only twenty more minutes to show. So um uh <laughs> Sweet Thing, Mary J. Blige, uh cover La Shaka Khan and Rufus, nineteen seventy-five hit. You know what? I like Shaka Khan and Rufus's better, but I'm fond of Mary J. Blige's version. Me too. And and I I, I like, and I think what gets over Shaka Khan's version to for me on that is because it is with the band, mm-hmm. like hearing them just grooving on there. Also, Even though Shaka Khan can sing a butt off. Well, and Mary has, at that has point always was, been a marginal singer, and she's very much in her marginalness. But I appreciate how she stays like i appreciate how she carves out a path she's through out sweet the last thing. 30 years no 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 i mean but i understand what you i mean, mean specifically through sweet thing like mm-hmm. she jumped on some shaka khan and made it work yeah yeah true erica badu does the same thing on her cover of hollywood yes because she's another one that's not really the, mm-hmm. the strongest singer mm-hmm. but she figures out a way through a song yeah and i appreciate that yeah 
So I like, yeah, I like the original Sweet Thing better, but yeah, I, you know, we're I like, at the last one on this list, but I'm I'm surprised now, and it's, it's really just hitting me that this list does not include any Luther Vandross, who was the man of many covers. Well, you're talking about people don't know things. I think the a lot of people don't know of yeah. that. I mean, you know, how, what's what's the overlap of Burt Bacharach in Luther Vandross fans? Right, that's true. So you know, that's true. I mean, besides. Uh, Me and you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one on this list. Okay. Do you want to take a guess at it? I I, I don't know, because I'm surprised all I do is think of you didn't show up on here. You know, a lot of people don't think that that's... I didn't know that right. was a remake. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I definitely, of the Jackson 5. And I song. definitely... I love Jackson 5, but I prefer Troop. Yeah. Um, Ribbon in the Sky by Intro. Oh, my... <laughs> Swear to God, I will stab somebody. Another remake right of a Stevie Wonder in the movie. Neck. It is a good song. Come on, stop. It is a good song. They're not. They're not great. Jodeci level yelling. No, they're not. But they are from that Jodeci school of. We don't really sing that well, so we'll yell to cover it up. Nah, that's true. That's true. Stevie Wonder's lyrics are like jewels. Like they're they're like jewels on the page. Mm-hmm. If you can't respect the lyrics, like you're just looking for something to yell, like yell something else. According to this writer, among the unsung groups of the 90s, intro ranks near the top as a 1993 self-titled debut. Um Earned them cachet with R&B fans. In 1994, the group released a cover of Stevie Wonder's 1982 Grammy-nominated hit Ribbon in the Sky, a tough task for any vocalist. But the trio Especially of... Especially some that can't sing. <laughs> but the trio of New Yorkers managed to do the song justice and even sparked the debate that their re- remake who? may rival or even trump the original. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that a mark? Yeah, uh, mark that. No, no, no. Mark it twice. Get the entire fuck out of here with that. What debate? Who was having a debate about Bruh. fucking intro? <laughs> Besides intro's mama. My boys can sing. Them's the singing boys. Vince, Vince. Pump your brakes just a, a wee bit because the intro, the 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 lead singer to intro, um, passed at a very early age. Um, oh, I'm sorry, he's dead. More than a few years ago, I very, didn't want him to be dead. Very tragically, but so. ain't nobody having no debate about intro and Stevie Wonder. Like I feel for his family. If he has any children, any loved ones, his aforementioned mother. Like, I would never tell his mother, get the fuck out of here talking about intro and Stevie Wonder. But anyone who doesn't have some type of personal relationship with the members of intro, like not related to them or friends, kith or kin, like just, just, hey, we're talking about music. You know, I have no debate about intro. Sparked a debate. <laughs> See, that's what's wrong with the internet. They just let anybody write anything. You set up microphones, just you had randos talking about movies. <laughs> 
I mean, it's just, it's just a free-for-all out here. It's just a free-for-all. I needed it when we need some old white men to serve as gatekeepers. Oh, that's what we need. Because yeah. it's just, it's just, just... It's just a free for all. There's some old white men that are out of jobs looking. To, it's just a free for all. Looking to get their gatekeeper jobs back. Some have debated of which version. Oh, who are these people debating? Maybe they didn't know "Ribbon in the Sky" was a Stevie Wonder song. Perhaps. See now you even got me all of it. Can we can we talk about can we talk about Carmen? Now? It's time. Can we talk about Carmen colon a hip opera? Now that we've now that now that you've trolled and pulled me down into this, I'm and I'm like bone sober, like you didn't got me worked up. I ain't even had a drink. Got me invoking intros, Mama. You had to step in. Hey Vince, I think you need to know one of them intro dudes died. I see you getting riled up. You about to say something crazy. I think I should let you know that one of the intro guys has died. <laughs> well, it's the lead singer. He died of, he died of AIDS, actually, I believe. I think. But he, but he died. I hey, know man. That. I'm just sad the brother is gone. Nice home, I. It's a tragedy. Their version of Ribbon in the Sky is garbage, though. <laughs> it's not garbage. <laughs> Like I hope it sells lots of copies and 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 like they he left a legacy and and a financial financial uh situation for his family. But let's be clear. There's no reason to ever listen to that song. <laughs> Unless there's some type of catastrophe and all of the recordings of Stevie Wonder have vanished and somehow Stevie Wonder can't sing it again. Can we talk about Carmen Colon, a hip hopper? Let's get into Carmen. Uh, just to give people, because I, I put it out there, the, the lead singer of <clears throat> intro was uh, Kenny Green, who um, did die. He's actually a singer songwriter. He wrote um, many songs. He wrote Reminisce and Love No Limit for Mary J. Blige. See, those are good songs. Also, did- How come intro ain't singing them songs? I don't know, Vince. I do not know. Uh, he also did some work for Will Smith, Cameron, uh, uh, before working w- with Intro, uh, and he did die in 2001 um, from um, after contracting AIDS. Well, that's a shame. And rest in peace to that brother. What's it say? His name was Kenny Green. Kenny Green. Rest in peace, Kenny Green, and our condolences. Almost 20 years after the fact, to the Green family. Now let us review <laughs> Carmen. That's how you. Colin. That's how you want to stop the last. That's how we gonna go out, Mister Producer. This which, this how you. This how you. We gonna now we're gonna go into Carmen. This how. This is how we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna go out on that. That's this little package you're putting together this evening. Award-winning producer Lynn Webb. But when you teach your workshop on doing podcasts, you won't use this episode. <laughs> no, definitely. This is we get nominated for the cameras. You gonna send this one in? Yes. Uh huh. All right. Vamping one hundred and one. <laughs>
Now it's time for our review of Carmen Colon and Hip Hopera. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. love between us and we're gonna work itself out. What's your name? You're in trouble now. Are you my man? You know I'm your man. Oh, uh, yeah, babe. You always wanted to make a difference. I hate you, hate you, hate you. I've heard so much about you. Hopefully nothing too bad. Nakai Pfeiffer, Beyonce Knowles, Mos Def, Rod Digger, The Brat, Lil Bow Wow, Wyclef Jean, Jermaine Dupree, Carmen, the original hip hopera. Go! Look for it on DVD and VHS. Carmen, colon, a hip hopera, 2001 TV movie from MTV based on Bizet's classic opera Carmen, and its African American musical counterpart Carmen Jones. Carmen, a hip hopera, is a modern retelling of the story of the tragic gypsy Carmen. The setting has been taken from the hot streets of Barcelona in, and is now in scorching urban Philadelphia. This time, Carmen Brown is an aspiring actress who, in her own words, leaves the whole town speechless. Her sultry looks and carefree confidence attract the attention of everyone from crooked cop Lieutenant Miller to serious rapper Blaze. However, Carmen has her eyes on one man she can't have, Sergeant Derek Hill, who is engaged. Yet nothing stops Carmen Brown getting what she wants except perhaps a trip to L.A. and an ominous tarot cards prophecy. Carmen starring Beyonce Knowles in the, in the title role, actually introducing Beyonce Knowles, also stars Mackay Pfeiffer, Mos Def, Joy Bryant, Raw Digga, Da Brat as the narrator, <laughs> Bow Wow, Wyclef Jean, and Jermaine Dupree rounding out the primary cast was the choice of Lynn Webb as we finish our stops in Mother May I. Lynn, what do you have to say about Carmen, colon, a hip hopper? Well, it will not surprise you, Vince, that I don't have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> um, um, interestingly enough, I chose it as our fifth week entry and like i said last week for fifth weeks in the com world of comic books they always do like when there's five you know comic books come out weekly right and when there's five weeks in the month usually that fifth week they'll do something special and try to make it like kind of an event or right something right like that so i figured like oh it's five weeks in may much to both of our surprises because we thought we were done, thought we were done. <laughs> but um so i said well let's do something different I'll do a TV movie because we did a TV movie before. Right, 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 right. And because we had done like a couple of hip hop movies, I figured, oh, a hip hopera 
Let's do that. Sure, why not? Totally unbeknownst to me, before I turned on the movie to watch it and was reviewing the opening credits as the brat introduces us into the world of the hip hopera, Carmen, that this movie... Much like the last TV movie that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Was directed by Robert Townsend. Yes, that last movie, of course, being Holiday Heart. Yes. Yes. Which, looking at um, his IMDb, was the film that Robert Townsend directed previous to Carmen a Hip Hopper. Oh, that's interesting. So I... That was totally, that was just like, wow, luck of the draw with that. Right. So, I feel a little bad in that, you know, the whole premise of Mother May I is that we are selecting movies that, you know, we kind of know going in may be a little sketchy. Yes. And I feel a little bad that we are now once again... Uh, reviewing a film from a filmmaker who is heralded in Hollywood, especially in quote unquote black Hollywood. Absolutely. Um, for his accomplishments and his achievements in, in, uh, in that world, you know, whether it be from um, getting Hollywood shuffle yeah, up and running off of off of credit cards, basically, to uh, the five heartbeats, Absolutely. which is a, which is a, a time honored treasure, classic, classic for, for people. His TV show, The Parenthood, um, him being a producer on many other um, uh, TV shows and, and movies, him being a sounding board for for almost. Everyone that comes into Black Hollywood, absolutely, you know, just kind of like being that, yeah, exactly, point. yeah. So I felt kind of bad, like, oh wow, picking on another movie of, of of this guy of Robert Townsend. It's like, ooh man, but <laughs> ooh, and, and to mind you, I know that this was a TV movie. Yes. yes. Made for MTV, yes. which who at the time was not known for movies. No. So this was one of their first forays into this realm. Mm-hmm. 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 But whew, mm-hmm. this movie is rough, <laughs> man. This movie is capital rough. It, it from the beginning, from the very beginning, when you get the graffitied Carmen written on the screen, because it's for the blacks. Because it's for blacks. <laughs> I mean, there's the. I mean, every piece, every, every. You know, you know they're filming on the soundstage, but the set direction is very cheap cheesy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the staging Mm -hmm. is is almost amateurish the lighting is Mm -hmm. non-existent Mm -hmm. um the the script oh is uh 
I don't I can't even say it's academic. It is just it's just just nothing. Yeah. It's it's nothing. It's script by numbers. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh and and then you have the perfor- the performances. Well, no, before I get to performances cuz this is a hip hopera. Yeah. So let's go into the music. Yeah. Because the music yeah is what? Yeah. I mean, this it's it's laughable for and this is this is not who's the man. This is this is not rapping. Near some would say the the when when hip hop is like finding its groove. Right, right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. This is not who's the who's the man where they could have their their pick pick of the litter as far as producers to, to produce their music and they just, you know, go to cheap and get you know, guys just send us in some tracks from you know you got left on the on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. This is two thousand one. Oh yeah. The we are in the zenith of like hip hop. Oh yeah, exploding, and for this eight oh eight synth tinged tinny uh, garbage that they are rapping the most basic lyrics over. Yeah, yeah. Is just inexcusable. Yeah. To the extent that even the brat, yeah, who is called on mostly at the beginning and at the end of the film, I feel is not rapping her own lyrics. I feel oh. she's rapping lyrics that were given to her, and I don't feel like she's rapping Jermaine Dupree's lyrics. Yeah, either. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely not. And and. And while she can get over these basic lyrics, they are just basic lyrics. Like everything is basic in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, but then you turn to the performances. Yeah. yeah. And the performances are what really frustrates you because everybody's in their own movie. Yeah. 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 Makai Pfeiffer thinks that he's on a pilot for a TV show. So he walks, he, he's in between kind of like like slow burning it or um, I don't know what he's doing. Right. He, and and I, I, I like Makai Pfeiffer Absolutely. as an actor. I, I, I think he has a magnetism and a, and a presence about him. And there's a, there's a hint, there's a slight hint of it. In the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. when he is in, he's riding along in the cop car with with his buddy. Right. There's a hint of that presence as you're introduced to the hint of a com- of a camaraderie between the two of them. Right. That could it's could lost for the rest of the film after those first opening two three minutes. Right. I don't know what he's doing. Most deaf saw the script. Obviously, being one of the most intellectual brothers you will ever meet, saw the writing on the wall and said, I'm just going to do my own thing. <laughs> yes. And I guarantee most Def is saying whatever the hell he wants to say <laughs> in this movie. Yes. Which is why sometimes he comes across as if he doesn't know the lines <laughs> because he's totally at liberty. Yeah, he is at living. 
everything. <laughs> it's actually hilarious watching the people around him. Because they're like, this is the first time I've heard <laughs> exactly. what he just said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that makes when he's on screen, at least yeah, it's yeah. something it's something enjoyable about him yeah. on screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then when he's called the rap, <laughs> he wrote his lyrics. <laughs> and he's going for his. Right. Like, most deaf just don't do nothing. He's like, yo, look, y'all ain't going to make me look bad. What? Right. He's eating people up. Look. He eating people up in this joint. I'm like, all right, most. He's like, because y'all know I should have had McCosm roll. But that's all right, dog. Right, right, I'm going right. to give you this. Right. I'm going. I'm gonna, still going to take the movie. And right. he steals it. Right, Out from right. every one of them bums. Look. Raw Digger. Raw Digger's got I, I like myself some Raw Digger. Yeah, yeah. And she shows that she could have been like a girlfriend on any TV series. Right. You know? Her and uh, I think Joy Bryant, Joy Bryant plays a girlfriend. And this is her first role. Her first role, yeah. you know. And they they're fine. They're mm-hmm. asked to do what they have to do. They're fine. Raw Digger's asked to rap a little bit. That both asked to rap a little bit. Raw Digger's asked to rap a little bit more. She's fine. She has one of the funniest lines in this movie when they go to see later on they go to see a fortune teller. And she raps a line about how the fortune teller looks a little bit too young to be a fortune teller. Yes. Something about that line made me crack. The, I, I laughed out loud. Right, right, right. I'm like, Ra, I love, I love you, Rod Digger, for that line. Right. Like, all right, you get a pass. You've right. earned your pass just for that line. <laughs> right. Enjoy, Bryant. I've seen what you can do. All right, this is your first one. All right, girl, go ahead. Get your sad card. Right. I ain't exactly. mad at you. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Um, Fred Williamson, he pops in. He pops out. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I just don't know what he's doing. He's not doing anything. He's like, sure, he's like, sure, Robert, when do you need me? You think he's going to be much more important to the plot? <laughs> it's like, they, surely they didn't pull Fred Williamson in here for him not to be important to the plot. But they did. Right. <laughs> not only that, he's not even important to the scene. He did. <laughs> <laughs> He's like at the craft table. I brought in some fresh bacon. No. Was that Fred Williams? Exactly. As the Ask waiter about bagels? You gonna pay for my chair? Right. Alright. So whatever. And then we get. To I believe the reason for this movie, <laughs> well, it's right there in the title. To create a starring vehicle mm-hmm. around Beyonce. Yes. Now, what you have to understand in that in two thousand one, Beyonce is not Beyonce, right? Because she is still very much a member of Destiny's Child. Absolutely, Destiny Child will not break up for another five years. Right. However. She was quickly not only, um, you know, uh, uh, putting a stamp on the brand that is Beyonce, absolutely, even in the midst of Destiny's Child, no doubt, but she was also making sure to tip her feet into all the other aspects of entertainment to see if I can step into these worlds. Yeah. As she is wont to do. Absolutely. As you know, as everyone knows, Destiny Child, the entity of Destiny Child was set up for her to do. Right, right. 
So this is all to put her up front and center, to present Beyonce as one, a an actress of some skill, a sex symbol. Right. Because they definitely want no to doubt. lean on like, hey, this is a sexy woman, one of the sexiest women on, on, on the planet at this time. To lean on her as a woman of immense musical talents. Because right. since she was already, you know, singing to Renown with Destiny's Child, I can rap too. I right. Can do exactly. my rap. Like, you know, another one of those, like, yes, I can rap too. Another R&B singer saying, I can rap too. And she wants to show that in this. Wants to show that she can do drama. She wants to show that she can do comedy. Wants to show that she can be sultry. Wants to show that she can be she can be sexy on, on, on screen. Show that she can smolder on screen. No, Show that she can deliver a line. Right. Show that she can even do a little bit of action. There's actually a fight in this movie. Yes, if yeah, you want to yeah. call it that. Right, right. That's what this movie is set up for her to do. Everybody is, is there to fortify Beyonce, to Put your best foot forward, girl. And she tripped over her skirt. And she is not good in any aspect of this movie. Because she cannot act at this time. I myself believe that Beyonce has grown to be not a bad actress. Not a great actress. Don't get me wrong. Not a great actress. But... I like go. I liked her in in Austin Powers movie. Okay, I, sure. I will go on my. I'll go on my shield on that. <laughs> and she wasn't bad in Dreamgirls. That that's what I'll say. Right, right, right. So she's not bad, but at this point, two thousand one Beyonce, she's not good. Yeah, she's not good. There's absolutely no chemistry with anyone. Yeah, you talk about somebody. Everybody making their own movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what she's in. Yeah, she's not. She has no chemistry with anyone. She's not. Barely makes eye contact with the people that she's she's in the scenes with. She cannot rap, and even when she's asked to sing, her singing at this point, or maybe it is the songs. It's not good. Well, I don't. I don't think the songs fit. Right, right, right. And how they've reworked, you know, Carmen, the musical, how they've reworked it for the hip hop right, right, do not work at all. And she cannot get, even what they've reworked, she can't get them over. So to say that she, so she definitely is like the weak link in this movie because everything in the movie is about her. Right. You know, so, so unfortunately she's the weak link. And I think maybe some would say that's not, unfair to to do that at that time but you have to also think and this is where I, I ultimately was leading to that a part of this was at least Beyonce and her camp and MTV mm-hmm. feeling that they maybe were putting her in trusted hands with Robert Townsend as a director and that's why I think the bigger failure of this movie in much the same way with Holiday Heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, see, I liked Holiday Heart. I know you do. Yeah, but yeah. I think the biggest failure of Holiday Heart is the direction. And that is that is lays at Robert Townsend's feet. And I think the bigger failure in this movie, especially when you've got to really, you've got to direct your lead actress. And maybe she doesn't have all the wherewithal 
to give you maybe what you want. But I want to think there was a little bit more that could have been pulled out of her by a stronger director. And it's not like the film shows that his eyes were on anything else in the movie. Right. So they should have at least been on this. I think the biggest failure of Robert Townsend in this, frankly, is that he took the job. I think I think similar to to what we and we kind of bumped heads about this with Steel. I suspect that everything that you've talked about or a lot of it was a precondition when he got there when we're talking about the budget mm-hmm. when we're talking and, and everything that the budget the, the budget then flows into whether it's the script whether it's the set design whether it's the lighting like all of that like this was a tv movie um and beyonce i think beyonce is also i i will say I will start with my last line of notes where I said this could have been worse. Okay. Like, I think this could, like, I'm not going to say I was pleasantly surprised by how not as bad this was. I mean, look, this is a terrible, this is a bad film. Mm -hmm. This film is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. I think you're absolutely right about all of of the sort of set things that we talk, you know, again, the set, the lighting, the design, all of that. And I think a lot of that is more indicative of it being a television movie okay. from 2001 than anything else. I think Mackay Pfeiffer is, is, is ill-fitted. I, I think Mackay Pfeiffer couldn't really quite get his head around what was expected of him. Mm-hmm. But okay, I will say fair. I will say this. When we like if you look at this within the context of Carmen Jones. So you know Carmen Jones as we said is the remake of the Bisset opera. We've actually looked at this before mm-hmm. with Carmen Jones. And I will say this and you'll like this. Obviously you're going to compare this to Carmen Jones with Dorothy Dandridge with Dorothy and, Dandridge Harry and Harry Belafonte. And it was all, it's all, it, Carmen Jones has always been a weird fit where they kind of, there, there is a bit of shoehorning, shoehorning and ham-fistedness where they try and put race and blackness into this opera. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mackay Pfeiffer is great in this role, but I think he is more comfortable with the beats of the story. Than Harry but Belafonte was. I'll give you that. Frankly, I'll give you that. And you know this sort of urban nature of it. You know the the lyrics are 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 elementary, like you said. And, and I don't think I don't think he wrote his own lyrics, but he worked his way around them. He did. He you did. know, so that I you know it's not good, but it's all right. And I think the scene that's the scene where he does in the, in the jail. With Jermaine Dupree and Bow Wow. And they go back and forth. That actually and, he, right. is a good scene. Yeah. I 100% agree with you about Most Def. I think they, I think Most Def got signed up and Most Def said, okay, okay, okay. This, and then Most Def did whatever it is he wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about your lines. The line that made me laugh out loud. At one point, he's he's a corrupt cop. 
and he's you, you know basically taking money from the local drug dealers and at one point the local drug dealer says to him yo man you're killing me and most def says to him yo you know what would be killing you killing you <laughs> yes and the, and that's when i knew much like you said that most def is doing his own thing <laughs> because the look on that actor's face where most def said you know what would be killing you killing you was actual shock yeah because most def is doing his own thing he's having fun look unlike you i don't think there's much to pull out of be look beyonce is a woman of many talents I've yet to see anything to show that acting is one of those talents. I think she has great presence. Mm-hmm. I think she's beautiful. You know, blah, blah, blah. Everything we all say about Beyonce. But Beyonce has never looked comfortable in her own skin when she is on screen acting. Okay. As opposed to when she is being herself. Having said that, I think Beyonce's, my biggest issue with Beyonce in this role is not her fault. I think the role of Carmen by design is frankly an older woman. This is a woman who is not just attractive. This is not a woman who is not just sexy. This is a woman who basically drives this man crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he gets inside of her head. and She gets inside his head. She gets inside of his head. And that is a woman with a certain amount of experience. Right. Life experience and the type of... She evokes the type of yearning. That is more than just lust. Yes. And I think Beyonce reads so young in this. True. Like, like you know, I, I, I'm I not going to, you know, put put the, my own motivations on her. But I got the feeling like half the reason she didn't look most deaf or Makai Pfeiffer in the eye is because they two grown rusty ass men. <laughs> And she's like a kid. I mean, she's like 18, 19 years old. I don't know how old she actually was, but she reads as 18, 19 years old. And I think part of the reason that those scenes work so well, you you know, within the perspective of this film, with Joy Bryant and Rod Digger, Mm -hmm. is that they're girls. Like, these are young women, and and they're kind of having fun, Mm -hmm. and they're playing with each other. You know, there's this one moment where it turns into almost this this, um, TLC-type video montage, and they're having fun. And as natural as she is in this film, she's the most natural at that moment. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if, I mean, obviously you have to ultimately put it at Robert Townsend's feet because he's the director. Right. The end. Mm -hmm. But this strikes me much like we've talked about with Steele and to a certain extent, who's the man, really more who's the man than Steele, as this was a production that was conceived before talent was even thought of. Okay. Like you said, I feel like Beyonce's people were in a room. 
I feel like MTV was in a room and and you know from the very beginning like if you look at Beyonce's career people her her team has always tried to situate her with the icons mm-hmm. Diana Ross um um Dorothy Dandridge like like she's always trying to pos- and, and you know she I think she's earned it at this point at this point yeah but it's this begins here where all they saw was Dorothy Dandridge yeah yeah. So we're going to put her in the Dorothy Dandridge role. role. And she just wasn't ready for it. Yeah, she almost looks like in, uh, in every scene, whether or not she's in the opening scene where she's, she's supposed to be like a knockout. She's supposed to take your right. breath away when she walks into the, mo- into the on, on the screen. And she doesn't. And again, this is why I lay at her, it, it, uh, Robert Townsend's feet. The scene is directed poorly. It, oh, absolutely! It, it, it's, it's like makes no sense. She walks in, you see her feet walk in, then you cut to these guys, and then it does a weird tracking shot, like halfway up, and it, it's it's just it's very very it's shot extremely bad. But from that scene where she comes in in this red dress, and to even other scenes where she either got a half shirt on or jeans or anything like that, she looks like she's playing cosplay. She, yeah. she does not. She doesn't even look comfortable yeah. in the clothes at all. And where I thought you were going with Rod Digger and and Joy Bryant, you know, her girlfriends, maybe it's because they're not called to be the leads. But they are just very comfortable in what the, who they are. Yeah. And it, like, you know, hey, I'm the girlfriend. Right. You know what I mean? You know, the irony with what I said about I'm not a fan of Beyonce's acting, I would almost want her to revisit this role now that now, she's older. A little older. You know, she's like now that she is an actual woman. Yeah. With experience and some life. Yeah. Because when you look at the opera and when you look at the parts of Carmen Jones that work, that is where that comes from. Yes. And yes. and and, you, you know, I feel like one of the you know, one of the changes they made in this version in, in the opera and in Carmen Jones, the the Joe character, Makai Pfeiffer's character, the, the character that she kind of you know, seduces, mm-hmm. murders her in an act of 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 just passion. Yes. Because it is this fiery love, this fiery kind of 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 unhealthy love that she evokes from these men. And they change it in this so that most deaf's character kills her accidentally. And I feel like part of the reason that you have to do that in this version is because nothing in the relationship between Carmen Brown and uh, what's his name? What's Makai Pfeiffer's name in here? Uh, let's see. What is his name? Hold on. I'll tell you. Because I said it when I read it's, it. It's something. Oh, wow. I think I closed it. <laughs> anyway, with um, Makai Pfeiffer's character, you never get that that craziness. No, from no. him. You know, you never get like he's been. He's just right. enthralled with Which her. Which is one thing I do think Harry Belafonte has in Carmen Jones like you like towards the end when they're on the run Mm -hmm. that craziness Mm -hmm. really comes from him so that when he does strangle her you say oh yeah well I can see how that led to this right Uh, his name is Derek 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 right yeah, you're right you're right you you never get well you don't get the sense that he is like so enthralled with 
enthralled with her um, to the point where he talk when he does mention how much he's in love with her. You're like, really, dude? Right. Like, like, dude, like it, it really wasn't that deep. It really, it, and, and that's the, like the, the, the decisions that he makes is like, dude, she fun. Like, you know, 19 year old Beyonce is fun, but you don't blow up your whole life for this. Yeah. You know, I've never seen the opera. Dorothy Dandridge. Oh, yeah. You blow up your whole life for Dorothy Dandridge and Carmen Jones. Beyonce in her mid to late 30s. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, okay. I understand how you blow up your entire life chasing this woman. This 19 year old girl, come on, man. And let's not even go to 19 year old girl. What she does in the film does not evoke blowing up my spot. Right. You know what I mean? If anything, you've did, well, I guess it makes sense that she blow up his spot because he is literally the dumbest cop this side of Barney Fife. In his defense, I think that's the character, though. Well, like, Joe true. was the dumbest soldier yeah, Joe, on Earth, and from everything that I've read about the, the, the opera, opera, like, this is a dumb guy. Yeah, well, well, he's a dumb guy. Right, which is part of the reason that she's drawn to him. Because he's innocent, and, you know, one man, like, our dumb is Carmen's innocent. Right. So, you know. Right. Yeah, this was... um. Not 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 good, and and I would imagine this is not high on Mackay Pfeiffer's uh, resume anymore. No, if he even made it, no, to his resume, no. It it you, you know, it it I've, I've talked about this for one of one of not favorite albums, but an album I think is really interesting is um, the Jackson Five live in Japan. Oh, okay. and what's interesting about it is that it captures this moment. When Michael Jackson's voice was changing, okay, so that it's 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 one of the few, if not the only, recording that I've ever heard where Michael Jackson doesn't sound confident. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting because you know whether he was a child or whether he was a grown man, he was always a consummate professional and 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 you know just always very polished. And I kind of feel the same way about this with Beyonce. Like Beyonce has worked so hard to craft this kind of flawless artistic persona Mm -hmm. that I was fascinated by watching her uncomfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Like kind of, you know, like she's very tenuous in this, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm not a, like like I don't I'm not a Beyonce person so like I didn't really pay attention to Destiny's Child or any of it like this is probably the longest time that I spent <laughs> with Destiny's Child era Beyonce okay but even in that context most of the time you would see her she would be with Destiny's Child and she'd yeah. be performing so to see her out of her comfort zone knowing what she's going to become. That's interesting. Was kind of interesting. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah. I don't know if it's enough to justify watching this. No. But, you know, I'm sitting there for, you know, an hour and a half, and, you know, most deaf is cutting up. and no. So, again, uh, I go to my last my, my last note. This could have been a lot worse. I, I'm, <laughs> I was reading. I wanted to see what people thought about Carmen at the time. Colon, a hip-hopper. 
its release, which it's timely that we're doing it for Mother May I because this movie was released in May of 2001. Um, and Variety, Steve Stephen Oxman wrote a review of this film in Variety at the time. I want to read you this little passage that he writes. Hold your laughter. Film director Baz Luhrmann did something similar with his William Shakespeare Romeo and Juliet, which used the fast-paced, quick-cut style of music videos to tell a classic story to a young generation. Robert Townsend does the same, but but goes even further in incorporating the language of music videos into his tale. When the characters break into song here, which feels surprisingly natural, oh, for God. director of photography Gary McLeod and editor Jonathan Shaw take up the challenge of turning these scenes into self-contained sequences filled with fanciful non-sequitur images and plenty of sex appeal, all while continuing to advance the storyline. Townsend very successfully keeps the flow of the narrative going, even while the piece becomes an act. Uh, accumulation of music videos linked with more traditional spoken pieces. Uh, Composer Kip Collins and especially lyricist Sakani Williams deserve a lot of credit just for managing not to make all of this seem silly. Not all of the songs stand out as memorable tunes, but there are indeed a couple here that could easily be around for quite a bit. And while some of the lyrics can be overripe in their contrivance, that's because rhythm and tone here take priority over subtlety. <clears throat> I continue. Beyonce Knowles makes a fine acting debut oh, and once again makes it clear that she's got a surplus of star power. You, you know what I heard with that? I'm a middle-aged white guy, and they made me look and review this. I don't really understand any of it, so I'm going to err on the side of saying that it's okay. <laughs> I think he didn't watch the movie. I can't judge hip-hop. I can't judge any of it, but I'm going to say it's okay. Fight me. Fight me. Right, right, right. Or or, or not. Please don't fight me. Please don't bring this to my attention that I talked about this. It doesn't matter. Right. The check has cleared. The check has cleared. So would you recommend it? Well, I think you should ask me because it was my movie. So would you recommend it? Hell no. Hell no. No. Don't. Don't. There's no absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah, there's no reason why. I mean, there's. Uh, look, man. Again, if it's. it's uh, look, I made my Jackson 5 Live in Japan argument. But if you're a Beyonce fan, I'm assuming that you've seen this already. Yeah. But, there, yeah, there's this. Yeah. This is for Beyonce Knowles completists only. Right. And by complete, like historians. Yeah. Right. Like, like at some point, if, if they're not already, somebody's going to write a dissertation on Beyonce. And I think there's some. There's some material here to talk about. There's some. Like, there, there's probably a chapter Beyonce as human, like humanizing Beyonce, Knowles's role in Carmen a hip hopera. There you go. I just named the chapter for you. But no, there's no reason to watch this. So is May over? May is over. Oh, Lord. oh thank you, Black Movie Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Black Movie Jesus, for getting us through another one. May so, is over, Vince. So I guess it's a tradition now. It's a tradition. Oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. 
Well, next week is June. Next week is June. It's Black Music Month. It is Black Music Month. So, you know, we can either do a movie, we can do a binge lounge. No, we're going to do a movie. I need to do a movie. You I need to do, do a movie? I, I got to do a movie. Okay, we'll do a movie. All right. So we'll let you tell me what movie we're going to do uh, in a moment. But first, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you all to send us all of your feedback, thoughts, and concerns. Email us at mission at gmail.com, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. Or you can join our Facebook group, Me Show Mission. Like and follow us on all social medias at Mission. Um our show is available as a podcast on Podglomerate, the a curated home of specialty podcasts just for you. It is also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pandora, Spotify, Overcast, any place and every place that podcasts be. And where you, where you get that podcast, please leave us a ranking, a rating, and even more so, a review. Because that's the best way that you can help us because it helps people find our show. So we really appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, shout out to Nils Johnson and uh, um, Jane, who are our new Members of the Michelle Mission Facebook group. Yes, welcome, welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you uh, for for joining us on Facebook. Uh, Nils Johnson and Jane Jeanette Ansa. Uh, thank you. Um, and uh, don't forget that our show is available as a radio show in an edited form every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM Philly Cam People Power Media here in Philadelphia and New Jersey. And you can wake up with Michelle every Monday at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Vince, next week. Hey, man, look, look, you know I got to get my head right after after this so so i like i got we gotta go to comfort food we gotta go to comfort food we're going to good burger we gotta we gotta go to something that i love something that that has treated me well for most of my life uh it's june which is black music month Mm -hmm. so it's it's incorporates my favorite form of music which is hip-hop we've talked about a couple of times in the past look we're doing beat street okay we're doing beat street next week Nice. We're, we're doing Beat Street, and and I, I I just I need this. I need Beat Street, Lynn. Okay. I need Beat Street. All right. So so yeah, we. Well, it's like a heartbeat. It, we we're gonna talk about Beat Street next week. It's Beat Street, you, you know, and even with the untimely demise of Ramo. <laughs> you sure you're not putting somebody under a little bit too soon, Vince? What are you talking about? Remo dies. That, that's the whole thing. Remo gets electrocuted on the third oh, round. Oh, I forgot that was the character's name. Yeah. It's been so long. I did remember like somebody died. But yeah, I, well, yeah. you just gave the movie away. You know what? That makes it more like going in knowing that Remo was going to die actually makes it more because he was too beautiful for this world. <laughs> oh my god, Remo was too beautiful for this world. He was he was beautifying the Bronx with his art. He was. And so, you know, kind of known, and then he took spit with him. Yes. So that was a worthy way to go. Okay. If he if he had his choices, that would probably work. Right. I mean, that's probably how he'd want to die. I mean, either that or 
as an old man in the bed surrounded by all his loved ones. So either that or on a dirty subway track with Spit, who was a terrible graffito. So he wrote over other people's stuff. All right. So Beat Street next week. Beat Street. On the Michelle Mission. Uh, I have a funny feeling. I see phone calls in our future. I'll tell you off air. Okay. All right. Um, Until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.